1: Let's get underway in second hour, Monday show here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to uh, let another person join us on conversation by phone uh, this morning. As State Representative Carlton Wing will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Artie Hopper is here. Paul Calvert is here. Uh, don't want you to forget that coming up at 930 uh, state Senator Mark Johnson will be in studio in with studio. us here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. But let's get right with the state representative and uh, your your overview of the uh, session since it ended on Friday. You've had you've had a couple of days to to think about it. Where would you place it? Good, bad, medium? Eh, maybe.
2: I thought it was very good, but I first want to say that I, I love every time I get to be on your show, Dave. But I. Assume Especially love it when I get to follow Thunderstruck, <laughs> so that's when I know it's just going to be a great segment, and it gets me fired up. All um, right, good. No, <laughs> no I think uh, you know the session was good. You, you know, a lot of people don't realize the sheer number of bills that come through a legislative session. Typically, we get about two thousand bills that come before us in a three-month period, and about half of those usually become law. And, um, and, and 90 plus percent of those things are just technical corrections, uh, non-controversial, never going to make a headline type of bills. uh, you know, small group of bills. will get some discussion, uh, and then, you know, then just a handful is really what everybody pays attention to. But, uh, but it, you know, there's a lot of things that go on and some people will say, gosh, that's a lot of bills. And it is, it is, but every bill is important to somebody, whether it's, to vote for it or against it, but every bill was was brought for a reason uh, by that. So we, we get inundated, and, of course, you close out with a flurry. It starts off with kind of a small trot, and I think one of the different things about this session was we had a new uh, executive branch. I mean, we had brand new, brand-new governor, and, you know, just, just in November, uh, Governor Sanders was winning her election, and then two months later, we're, we're jumping into session. And so I think we had a, I, I'm not sure exactly what the final tally was, but I think we were just a little bit under, like by maybe a hundred or so, you know, the number of bills filed. And I think that was in part when you get a new transition in the executive branch, it takes a little while to kind of get get things working through. Uh, but I, I thought in the end, we worked very well. Governor Sanders came in with three main items, or really kind of four main items on her legislative agenda when you look at of course education, criminal justice, income taxes, and outdoors recreation. Um, and, and we've, we've worked through all four of those. and so in, in that tally right there it was a, it was a big success. and of course Dave, you and I've talked many times about uh, education in the state of Arkansas. Yep. I got I got on the education committee just for that purpose this term. And the LEARNS Act was uh, was a huge success as far as, uh, you know, the topics that we addressed. Now we get to work to implement it.
1: What I thought was interesting today, in today's, I think it was today's paper, they had a, a state uh, representative, I think, Denise something from up Garner. In, Garner, yeah, Denise, Denise Garner, Garner yeah. from up in uh, Fayetteville, saying that she wished that you guys would have you know, lengthened the session. She didn't think there was enough time to talk about all these new bills. But the thing I really took exception to was the last thing she said when she said this was all about conservative ideology and not about the research. We couldn't have given her enough research about school choice to make her vote for it.
2: I think a lot of folks came in when, when, when you think about the the LEARNS Act, um, people came in certainly with sides taken uh, prior to that. I think a lot of folks thought I, I want. Remember last summer we had that huge issue with teacher uh, raises. Yeah. Everybody wanted teacher raises, teacher raises, and and it. We had to explain the fact that we have an adequacy report that we are. Uh, bound by law to follow, and that adequacy report doesn't come out till November. So you can't you can't do that midstream. You can't call a special session. You can't do any of that unless you're going to get ready for some serious lawsuits and get ready to lose those serious lawsuits. Right. And so <laughs> there's there's things that are very important that we follow along the way. People have preconceived notions, so we give the teacher raises at the highest level that anybody had asked for. You know, people were thinking, are we going to give them $5,000? We're we going to give $10,000. We went from a minimum pay of 36000 to $50,000. Yeah, you we went up fourteen k. Yeah, the number one state in America to come and start your teaching profession and to be paid well. And then for the veteran teachers, we gave everybody across the board a $2,000 pay raise and instructed every school district, to follow a step uh, program so that you get raises uh, each year. Um, and we've, <laughs> we've added to that all the money that we fund for teacher raises in the matrix. Eighty percent of that has to go to the teacher salaries that are that's dedicated to the teacher salaries. Eighty percent of that has to go to teacher salaries because we were having districts that while we would allocate for teacher salaries, they wouldn't give it. To teachers' salaries, and so we heard from teachers across the state. We're not getting these raises that you're giving us each year because we've given raises each year for the last eight years.
1: All right, let me and let so, me let me stop you there just a second. And did you guys take care of that during this session? Is the matrix yes. different now?
2: Uh, the matrix is going to be addressed uh, as a working group in the next in this in the interim. Um, so the matrix, a lot of people, it's it's a very. Complicated, but it's also kind of simple in the sense that we—it's a funding matrix. We send money to the districts. We, the, the, the people of Arkansas, send money to the districts to handle all of their needs—from teacher salaries to transportation to classified staff to buildings. I mean, all of that stuff comes comes into the district uh, as far as the state portion of the funding uh, through what we call the matrix, and that's when we go. Uh, category by category, see what the needs are. That's part of that adequacy report that we get every other year. And that's how we determine what the districts need to be able to be funded. And so that's a funding matrix. It's not a spending matrix. We give them the local control to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. So obviously a school district like North Little Rock is going to have very different needs than a school district in Monticello. And so uh, we we allow the local flexibility from the local uh, elected school boards, the uh, superintendents, all of those. There, there's flexibility within, so it's not a spending matrix. We don't force them to spend according to how we allocate the funding. That that really gets to the heart of the issue that happened last summer when people were talking about giving teacher pay raises now, which became a political. Uh, Sideshow, not based on fact, and certainly not based on what we were bound to do by law.
1: All right. So, what I'm asking, though, I guess in this interim study, they're going to come back for for the, uh, I guess the next year when you guys meet for a short period and say we're going to we want to change this because this deals with money, and if we say we want fourteen thousand dollars extra per per teacher they're going to be bound to that $14,000 so that those teachers get their raise?
2: Well, now, as far as the learns act and the teacher pay raises, that's, that's done. That, that, that will absolutely happen. Okay. And, uh, what we have. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely done. So no question there at all. And and really how that's being funded is we have the traditional method that we use with that funding matrix. That's, that's, that's one pile of money that goes out to the school districts like it always has and that's going to be increased by a couple of $300 per student like it typically does. But then there's this other pile of money, that's the funding source wh- from which all of the teacher pay raises. That's what gets us to that minimum of $50,000 for every teacher and the $2,000 for every teacher above 50000 That comes from a new pile of money that uh it was part of the learns act so that's already done
1: okay so when the teachers show up for school this fall they can expect their paycheck to reflect that absolutely okay fantastic we're going to take a quick break then we'll come back how long you got for us today you got an hour
2: i can go as long as you need
1: i'm going to keep you
2: playing thunderstruck and i'll be here for 24
1: (laughs) hours. (laughs) all right well i'm going to keep you i'm going to keep you for an hour (laughs) stay with us R.D. and Paul are going to have questions. I got a question about a non-vote that you did. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to ask you about that. That's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stick around. All right, let's continue. We've got State Representative Carlton Wing on with us. I'm going to turn it over to R.D. Hopper. R.D., uh, questions for the uh, State uh, Representative.
3: Well, I guess one of the questions would be a Senate Bill 270 we thought it was a, a good bill and uh it, w- it passed the senate with flying colors i mean it passed the senate well uh, what happened in the house
2: and i'm gonna have to apologize <laughs> i'm looking up sb that was, right now
4: that was john payton's bill to um basically it was it started off to ban men from women's restrooms and it got it got whittled down to a whole lot less than that
3: well yeah so, yeah, it passed. It did pass, but in the in the house, I believe, uh, to start out, this bill was saying that men could not go in women's restrooms, and I think oh, yeah. the the, the yeah. way the way that it uh, read, I believe, after it had gone through the house and everything, that men couldn't go through women's restrooms if they had intent. Uh, of doing a sexual act or something like that. So, I think even children yeah. had to be present as well. But. And uh, yeah. so, uh, I mean, that seemed like something pretty clear to me that I thought this group of Republicans could run through, you know, intact. And I just wondered, oh. where did that push come from to go to intent?
2: Um, my guess is constitutionality. So I actually had a bill right before Peyton's bill in House Judiciary Committee the day he presented in committee. Um, In fact, it was that disarming bill that you and I had, we talked about on this show uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so I was talking to him before committee, and, I mean, you can imagine that committee was full that day. Um, And so it, yeah, so he had, my guess is constitutionality, to be able to, uh, to get it across. Now, I was actually not on the floor the day that it was discussed on the House floor, I, I'm looking up now. I see it. It passed. I mean, that version passed with 83 votes. Um, that was the day I had to leave about halfway through the session to go to a conference on election integrity, and uh, which was the day uh, was that March 30th? I think that was the day that that went through. Um, so I didn't hear the floor debate on that bill, but uh, my guess is. Um, yeah, he had to make sure one thing is to get a good idea. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's one part of legislation. Then the next thing is it's, it's got to be legal. It's got to be able to stand the test of time. So, uh, you know, even on that disarming bill that we talked about, we had to make a change to it just to make sure that it could uh, remain a law on the books, regardless of the intent of the law.
3: Right. Exactly. Well, maybe that's something we need to work on. We may have Senator Payton to call in and tell us, but we were just disappointed. It started out to look like, a real good bill and i saw that he had to back it off there after it, the final result of it maybe it was legality but uh, it's something that we need to work on you know we would like our, our our wives and daughters and children be able to go to the bathroom you know and uh, oh, yeah. not worrying about the opposite sex coming in there while they're in there
2: yeah yeah and that of course is a huge issue nationally right now
1: yep it definitely is any other questions already no no not really all right paul um
4: let me think what have we got there was kind of a lot of stuff i mean so there was one of the complaints that i've kind of heard during this session was that people wanted to get bills filed and written up and uh, blr the bureau of legislative research just didn't have enough staff or they didn't have enough capacity to get done what y'all needed them to get done do you have any thoughts on that
2: well, I, I know that there's kind of, there are period, bottleneck period times um, when certain agencies, and of course BLR is divided up into topics. So when you come in with a bill uh, regarding law enforcement or education or agriculture, you're going to get the, the BLR person who is specific to that topic. And so, uh, you know, obviously like right before the Learns Act was filed, while, you know, the, everybody, well, you know, Sen- uh, Senator Davis and Representative Brooks were working on that our BLR staff was pretty busy, so for about a week or so, if you were gonna to try to get an education bill, it was gonna be pretty tight. But, but in the end, everybody was, able I never heard of anybody that didn't get a bill filed because of a backlog at BLR. It's just a matter of maybe the timing during the session. There were times it gets, it gets busy, uh, certainly for any given topic, depending on what it is, such as the criminal justice bill. When that came out, if you're going to be working with that BLR staffer on a bill, uh, it's only 24 hours in a day, and so that's, uh, that's how that would go. But everybody that I know of got, got bills uh, written up. In fact, we, uh, there's always discussion each session is whether or not we have a bill filing deadline. Uh, in the past, there used to be a deadline, can't file a bill past X date. Just to keep the calendar from getting too crazy at the end, but uh, uh, we have not had that for the last two sessions. So bills were getting filed all the way through till the end.
4: Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I had spoken with some that I think that that there was just clogs, and so they they just didn't get filed wow. until it was too late, or or just didn't get filed at all. Um, I'm not, and some of those might have been on topics that were, I think, criminal justice, because that was, that bill was kind of, that was kind of a clogged issue for quite a while.
2: And that was, that was toward the end of the session for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that was the last week I think we got that through. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and that was going to be a bill that was going to take a lot of time because, again, that was one of the governor's four main topics coming Mm -hmm. into the session. That was a topic uh, that, Certainly needed to be dealt with, and some of the issues that are discussed in that bill are things that we've been needing to have conversations about for a long, long time. So I was uh, very grateful for the work that uh, Senator Gilmore and Representative Gasaway did on that.
4: What are your thoughts? I noticed there were quite a few bills this session that were making new felonies. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, uh, I did one. <laughs> <laughs> It all depends on the topic. That was that disarming bill. I mean, uh, b- before, if you were going to take a firearm from a police officer uh, for the intent to do harm uh, to that police officer, uh, you know, before all they could charge you with was just an additional count of resisting arrest. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, when, when you take a firearm from a police officer, that changes the entire dynamic of that uh, interaction. Mm-hmm. And. Um, uh many states across the country have a law similar to what we passed but every one of our border states has a law against disarming and uh, and that's that's a big deal that's a really really big deal when you think about what our law enforcement officers have endured in the last few years with the attacks from the media the attacks from the left uh, the the um, the inability to continue to be able to staff your police departments because of of what these Guys and gals, you know, men and women have to go through this. That's significant. We need to do everything we can to protect our law enforcement officers. And so, I, you know, I did that was the, the disarming bill, HB fifteen twenty one, and uh, went through, uh, passed, passed very easily across uh, both chambers, and um, very, very grateful to get that passed for our law enforcement. So,
4: so how does when
2: you say raising to felonies? We also killed a few bills. Because they were unnecessarily uh, raising um, uh, things to felonies, and uh, because people don't realize a felony is a very, very serious mark on your on your history as an individual, and it needs to. If you if you make everything a felony, then
4: takes your rights away.
2: Like they, yeah, just it, well, it takes your rights away, but it's also it kind of waters down what it means to be a, to to be a felon. Sure, uh, this needs to be for the people who are dangerous in our society.
4: Right, as opposed to we, you know, we killed a few. There, yeah. There's some hot check felonies out there. That seems a
1: bit,
2: yeah, a bit much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. yeah. I agree.
1: All right, we we've got about a minute before we're going to get to the uh, uh, to Hannity. So I'll hold my my powder until we come back. I'll just let you know. First thing I want to talk about is the tax that you guys voted to take the income tax from 4.9 to 4.7. It, it, it was the the small move that you made to give time for you to see exactly how the new learns act and the new all the other bills that were going to cause a, a little bit more uh you know money to be yeah. spent in certain areas that you want to wait to see how those all shook out so we'll talk about that uh, when we uh, we get back I want to remind everybody about PI roofing PI roofing is there to help you out with your roof and right now I know there's a lot of you that are not only needing roofing, but you're needing construction as well. Uh, know that PI Roofing is a, uh, a construction firm as well. They don't build houses, but if you've got walls that need uh, fixing, you got siding that needs to be re-put back on, you get a deck that needs to be fixed, uh, they can help you with all of that. All you have to do is call them, just like you do for the roof, and uh, the number is 501-707-3115. or visit them online at piroofing.com. Our special guest is State Representative Carlton Wing from North Little Rock. We'll talk further to him about uh, the session and about the tornado when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But coming up right now, it's your shot of Hannity. He's ready to give it to you right here at 1011-FM the answer. All right, so we when we left uh, state representative Carlton Wing, I kind of let him know that I was wanting to talk a little bit about uh, tax reform and we went from on the in- state income tax from 4.9 to 4.7, which let's let's be honest, not much. That's spit in the bucket. But the the bottom line is I'm thinking that the reason a lot of that did not happen, not bigger cuts is that you guys want to see is the amount of money that you're spending on your ed- education going to be enough, or is it too much? and you had a few other things in in criminal justice going the same way you got a prison that's sitting out there four hundred and seventy million dollars for that.
3: I have to applaud uh, Sanders making prisons. A, a priority because well, everybody because the criminal population goes up in a percentage to the population of the state of arkansas and no one's been willing to address it so she did a hard thing and i have to applaud her well what that.
1: they what they did is they started putting everybody in the in the county jails <laughs> and that worked for a while but now the county jails are swollen up to where they can't you know hold the people so what happens well you start letting people out of jail and then what happens well more people start dying on the street and it's not going to be the state
3: it's not the state prisoners they let out of the jail it's the people in your neighborhood so when somebody in your neighborhood does something then uh, there's no place in the county because it's full of state prisoners but that was a tough pill to swallow a big ticket item that had to be done for the safety of people of Arkansas.
1: Okay, so because of those types of that type of spending that was going on, uh, Carlton, is that the reason why you think that we went four point nine
2: to four point seven? Yeah, and also you know, we cut the corporate income tax rate an equal amount, uh, another two, you know, point two percentage points as well. Let me just real quick touch on something that Arden was just talking about: how important that prison reform is is uh, a lot of people don't realize is that when the state prisons are full and then our county jails get full uh, and then people spend a, a big chunk of their overall sentence in a county jail, what they're not getting is the re- the recid- recidivity programs that are right. in the prisons that uh, that help people not come back to prison. So all of that re-education and, and uh, skills training and uh, dealing with addictions and all of that stuff, that. That doesn't happen in the county jails. It, that happens at our prisons, and those are where there are programs that are designed to stop the recidivism of, of getting right back into prison to uh, to help these prisoners. And so we we've, we've got to be able to do a better job of teaching people who most almost every single time did not get a good start in life. So we're trying to play catch-up and, and really help these people so that when they get out, they don't commit more crimes. A lot of people end up going back because in prison, they've got a guaranteed bed to sleep in. They've got guaranteed food to eat. They have, they have order and structure in their lives, and they don't know how to manage themselves outside. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why we had this big problem and that our county jails were full, and, and with people that needed to be in the prisons, in those programs, so that we can stop this cycle of bad behavior. So now leading into your question, Dave, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from Thomas Sowell. It says, economics is the study of limited resources that have alternative uses. That's and right. so we've got to be able to allocate and, and, and figure out what is the best place to to put our limited resources and we on this show we recognize that uh, we do have limited resources in what we're talking about the money that we raise from our citizens to have the proper function of government and so what one of the strategies is create a top level education program here in the state of Arkansas that is going to draw people to the state of Arkansas the criminal justice uh, uh, aspect of it. We need to stop and cut crime in the state of Arkansas. People feel safe to be here. Um, we, we did drop our income tax rate a little bit this session. Of course, you keep in mind, it was just a few years ago that our top level income tax rate was 7.0. You know, now we're looking at 4.7. That's pretty good. Now, yeah. our goal, and, and Dave, you and I have talked about this, our goal is zero.
1: That's right. How
2: do we get there? Is, is, is going to be in part the success of our education reforms, our criminal justice reforms, and Governor Sanders has also said the outdoors recreation is a very, very untapped resource uh, in the state of Arkansas. When I say untapped, we know it's here. We know how uh, amazing the, the, the natural beauty of the state of Arkansas is and what a draw it should be nationwide for people to come here. We're one of the few states in the Union that has both an elk season and a gator season, (laughs) which gives you a great, you think about what it takes to have gators and what it takes to have elk. To have that in the same state is pretty significant. So we have a very diverse uh, outdoors recreation. People can come for any reason. Uh, Fly fishermen come. We've got world-class blue ribbon trout streams. We have the ability to draw people to the state of Arkansas and build a tourism industry that is almost second to none.
1: Yeah, a lot of that's going to be, you know, uh, getting out and getting the word out amongst the people. I mean, biking, trail biking, yeah. hiking, yeah. all of that. That's, that's important stuff.
3: You know, I agree yeah. with everything you're saying, but there are a lot of things that the state government is doing, and there are places to cut the cost of government in the state oh, yeah. of Arkansas. The Democrats were involved for a long time, and we appreciate what Governor Sanders did during this session for education we pre- we definitely applaud what she did by building the prison to make our community safer uh everybody's been avoiding that and saying the the lie that we're going to reform all of them when they were actually sitting in county jails where they couldn't get re- uh, reform but uh but still w- we need to shrink the size of, of government also tourism is a good thing in Arkansas. But we don't want to base our budget on tourism.
2: No, that's just a, that's just one thing that we can incrementally right. grow that will have a very positive impact. I mean, you look at the communities that have embraced that ability. Uh, I mean, look at Branson, Missouri, you know, sure. I mean, when I was growing up, Branson was a small town that was adjacent to Table Rock Lake and out of the way of everything. I mean, where's, you know, where's the nearest airport? Where's the nearest big airport? you got Kansas City, St. Louis, and Little Rock. And yet they put something together, and that is a massive draw. Um, we've got a whole state full of things like Branson. And so those are things that can, you know, there's no one magic pill, but you put a few of these things together, strong education, great criminal justice, safe communities, low income taxes and outdoors recreation you've got a formula right there that will bring economic success for the long haul
3: i couldn't agree more i was graduated high school in mountain view arkansas so i know where sillimore creek is and uh in oh, yeah. blanchard springs caverns is if anybody comes to arkansas i'm going to take them to blanchard springs oh, caverns course. because uh, it's one of the wonders of the world and in a very good kept secret but uh uh, and, but you know, a lot of that is free market enterprise also that's doing that. If you look at Branson, you know, the government didn't create Branson, the, the, the entertainers and the, and the businesses did, but, but right. we definitely want to support, you know, support the the business. Well, a, a, a lot
4: of the ways you do that is you get government out of the way. And so yeah. um like one of the things I don't know if you've been to canoeing on the Buffalo River lately, but there's there's market controls up on the Buffalo River. You remember it used to be about twenty five bucks to rent a canoe, I think it's about a hundred dollars now, or maybe it's a hundred and twenty five. Um and that's I think almost entirely because government came in and said it, and put a put a um a limit on how many canoes could be rented by the different canoe rental companies. And I and I, I think a lot of times what we need we need to do is we need yes, um government to get out of the way and just hold bad actors accountable and not punish good people, which is what's happened in so many cases.
2: Yeah, when when government gets involved. But yeah, private enterprise uh, has the ability to really answer and address uh, pretty much every need that we have. Uh, but when, we, when we're looking at outdoors recreation, that's just one part of the ticket there. Uh, Dave, I should mention that there's a fabulous television show called Arkansas Great Outdoors <laughs>
1: There is. It's, 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 there's a guy that, that that hosts it that's a pretty nice guy.
2: Well, I, I, I hope so. I'd like to think so. But, yeah, everybody look that up. And uh, outdoor, Arkansas is great outdoors. But, but no, it, it, we really do. We try to inspire people to get outside and appreciate what we have here in the state of Arkansas. And I think a lot of people uh, would be very, very grateful if you haven't gotten outside. Uh, get outside, appreciate what we have, because uh, it'll help you feel a lot better about a lot of things. Uh, I can tell you after the long legislative session that we had, I'm going to be spending a lot of time outdoors in the days ahead. (laughs) All
1: right. Well, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about that. I've got a question about you about a specific bill, and we'll talk about that. And then uh, we'll get your uh, your closing comments about the session as well. It's the Dave Ellswick show. All right. So now I gotta I gotta ask you the tough question. Okay. Uh, all right. Senate Bill seventy one. This is affirmative action. You you just voted present. You didn't vote for or against. Explain yeah. explain your decision to me.
2: Yeah, and when you said, early in the show, when you said, I'm going to ask you about a bill, a uh, tough bill, I knew ex- I had just had a feeling exactly where you were going. That, to me, was one of the toughest bills that we had to face in the entire session. Uh, it was late in the session. It had been tabled earlier, uh, but, it, but it came back out. So we listened to pro and con debate on that bill for a long time, and I went into that Um, principally, I know where we need to be. Practically, I know that our state is not ready for that bill just yet. You can just tell from the emotional topic that that is. uh, I'm not sure if you just mentioned that, but that was the one that would ban affirmative action moving forward in the state of Arkansas. Okay, so
1: let me stop you and you say "Does the state is not ready.
2: What do you mean by that? The the citizens are not ready for that topic yet. I I labeled that issue and I talked to the sponsor of the bill and uh, uh, thanked him for bringing this up. But where we were like say six years ago with school choice, remember how how difficult it was for even us to get a, a small tiny school choice bill passed in the legislature. It was just, it was practically impossible. We didn't have the will there. But because we kept bringing it up and because we talked about it and got those discussions going, we were primed for this session to pass not only a school choice bill, but one of the most significant in the entire country. So it took some time to get our heads around the idea, and I think that discussion is worth having. When I look around and see what's happening with uh, the continued affirmative action, and see how it is actually hurting the communities that we're trying to help. Um, that's where I see that that discussion needs to take place and maybe in two years from now, this, the uh, the state will be ready to be able to handle that. And so a lot of people ask what a present vote means. It, it really means one of two things. Um, on the on the simplest uh, level, a present vote means I've got some kind of conflict of interest. Like if there was a bill that was financially going to benefit bass fishermen in the state of Arkansas, I would probably vote present for that just so that you know it was it was very clear you know I wasn't trying to enhance my own uh, or somebody that I you know was close to me. But the other reason that you do a present vote is when you are it's a soft way of saying no, and it's it's when you're giving uh, a nod to the intent not quite there yet for whatever reason, uh, but that's that's a, a very common reason why people will vote present. And in the end, and I put a, I tell you what, that was just a gut-wrenching uh, testimony to listen to, both pro and con. And, uh, and so I, I, in the end, I did, I voted present because we're not quite, I didn't feel the state of Arkansas was quite ready for something like that, the repercussions from it. We have a crisis in this country of, not knowing or even desiring to know the truth, the facts of certain bills, and when the narrative can get out um, and and be uh destructive to the process that's that's a that's a problem that we've got to to face and so that's that's where we were in my view. We're not quite ready yet for that, uh but I'm hopeful that we will be ready for that very very soon
1: well i I tend to to fall on the Reagan philosophy on this, and very because he was instrumental in getting rid of it in California, and yep. uh, of course, it is discrimination never gets rid of discrimination.
2: I agree. Yep. Yep. So, so, uh,
4: so are you, were you concerned about the blowback, kind of from this, based upon kind of a false narrative? Is that kind of your concern?
2: In this case, this was a new topic, so this is not something that we've discussed in Arkansas before. And our citizens, what, you know, what happens is, it, here's, here's one of the things. When I look out the window of my office at the Capitol, I can see I-630. I see cars driving up and down there, and we'll be in the Capitol discussing issues that are of great import to the state of Arkansas. But I realize that 99.9% of the people driving on and carrying on their lives don't know and don't care about what's going on in the state of Arkansas. But when they read a headline that is inflammatory by design, they'll say, what, you guys just uh, got rid of affirmative action in Arkansas? And they don't know the facts and don't care to know the facts and won't research the facts on the bill. That will have negative repercussions. And so the discussion needs to take place that, hey, Why do we have affirmative action now here in 2023? And what are the reasons for it? Is it doing good now or is it doing harm now? These are the kinds of things that now, because that bill was brought forward, we can have so that we can generate some consensus in the future moving forward, just like what we had to do with school choice a few years ago.
1: All right. Yeah, I can see your point. I don't agree with it but I can see your point.
2: All right. That's my and that's the beauty of America is that we can have these kinds of discussions as well.
1: and notice I didn't yell at you. <laughs> I didn't yell at you. Right. Didn't well, have you to. Know,
2: the other the other Reagan principle is is if you agree with us at least
1: 80/20, brother. You
2: are our friend. I you am know.
1: an 80/20 <laughs> guy. I have definitely lived by that rule since the 80s and i continue to live by that rule and uh, i don't throw people it's just like mary bentley or david ray i don't agree with their foia uh, bills that they both ran this time but guess what i still know that mary bentley is a great conservative and i know that david ray is still a great conservative
2: they are both excellent warriors uh in this state very very grateful for them and i think we, we're way beyond the eighty twenty 20 rule. We're like a 99.9 and a 0.1 rule. So we're, we're in great shape.
1: That's very, very true as far as that goes. Hey, listen, let's plan something in the near future. You can come on and talk about fishing. How's that sound like?
2: Oh, that would be fabulous, yeah. Well, this is I tell you, the fishing's getting great right now in Arkansas, too, so it would be perfectly timed.
1: All right, we'll set it up, and we'll, we'll make you sure that you get on here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks so much for joining us today, State Representative Carlton Wing from North Little Rock. How, oh, by the way, quickly, i got 30 seconds. How are things going in North Little Rock on the cleanup?
2: Uh, going very well. Uh, we spent the weekend out helping folks, heard some amazing testimony from some people that – saw the tornado come right into their yard i had a lady just very tearfully say i need to testify to you and uh, she talked about how her prayers uh got her through what was a harrowing moment Uh, houses on either side of her had uh, severe damage hers did not wow um it's it's uh, things have uh you know this this community is resilient and the fact that there was not more loss of life is truly a miracle
1: amazing all right thank you very much we'll talk to you later carlton appreciate your time bye-bye now we got uh, State uh, Senator Mark Johnson in, and that's why we came back and you joined us sitting here just talking away because that's what we do when he's around. We, li- we like to Morning talk day. to Mark. He's a good man. And good, good to have you here. Uh, I wasn't trying to tell the police to look for your Tesla. <laughs> I, was just, I was telling them that you had to get another two miles of electric cord. That's right. I had to string that extension <laughs> cord out. Yeah. Get it, get it uh, taken care of. So how are you doing? I you said that you were really tired Friday night.
5: Yeah, and I think I was not the only one, Dave. We worked really hard, especially the last week. Uh typical day last week, uh got there about 7:30, worked till 10 or 11. Wow. Uh a lot of this is because of uh the the backlog of bills and committees would meet we after our regular Senate session, we go down to our committees and we would stay as long as we had bills on the, on the agenda, or members that were willing to come in and run their bills. All right, let me jump in and say, is
1: it time to go back to what we had before? You can go to this date and then no more.
5: Well, that's kind of what we did. You know, we we set they up a, an arbitrary date by resolution of uh, April seventh, and RD's over here nodding.
3: Um, they could have extended it. You could have.
5: We, but it would take 75 votes in the House and 27 votes in the Senate. And, and they, they weren't there. <laughs> I don't think they were there. And it, I think what we did was uh, – uh, and I want to give credit to the, the leadership that more or less had us uh, trying to get our votes out. We uh, the, the last few days uh, uh, we had one senator who was – I'm going to call him the third base coach or whatever. He was uh, – uh, <laughs> we ha- literally had an on deck circle <laughs> to present bills. Uh, right. Paul, you sat up there and watched it probably, but over there to the side where the press table is, you were supposed to be there ready to go. Mm-hmm. And when the first next bill, when the, that bill passed, you had to run to the well, and the lieutenant governor recognized you, and you got your bill out. And it was it was okay because, you know, it, you think about how much time you waste. Well, yeah, where is Senator? It, Jones, he's look. We're looking around. Where every, is he? Oh, he's t- back in the choir room. Time you wait, he went yeah. to the bathroom. Every
4: time you wait one or two minutes, it adds on to the.
5: Every time you, you two minutes here, three minutes there, and pretty soon you've wasted another hour. So I think we we did a good job on that. Um, it it truly was uh, hectic, uh, and and Dave, I pray that we don't find some mistake we made. And you know, people, well, don't you read every bill? Well, I read every bill that uh is supposed to be coming up, but at the end of the session you get bills that...
1: Do you understand every bill I, that you
5: read? I, I, I can assure you that I don't and that uh, I may have missed a word or two. And, and sometimes, you know, I hand someone a piece of legislation and I say, you know, read this and tell me what it does. And uh, they're shocked when they see it because oftentimes... The bill itself is not in context. It changes some uh, lines in right. the code. Mm-hmm.
3: So what's the code say?
5: Exactly, and you it got, it, you don't have, to have the context. And, and, and I
3: saw that more this session than any other, to where you had excuse me, but you had the amendments to the original bill, but it wasn't it wasn't grafted over the original bill. So when you read it. There's no way you could. There's no you, way you, have you to could go tell what the
5: code, which you can look up online, and but stick it the in there and that see that what takes. Let me give you an example, today. Um This is a good thing, not, not necessarily good or bad how we did it. Right. But, uh, I had a bill. I'm gonna look it up, Paul. I, I, said, when I, I tell everybody in the audience. I said when I saw that that, that Paul and RD were here, I brought my uh, uh, I brought my iPad so I can. Uh, Look him up. Look it up exactly, and and uh, I'm gonna. It's easier if I I just go to my own page, and uh, if I can. You
3: know, John Peyton had a converter bill that was being bounced around, and that's something. And he was doing a good thing to try to help converter theft, and they were doing a good thing. But whenever it's not grafted over the original <coughs> bill, you know. I supported it, but I really couldn't tell what all it was doing. Because you trust John. Exactly right. But John
5: understood it. I, I had a bill. It's now <laughs> Act 255. It was Senate Bill 271. And it struck part of a sentence in the code. That's all it did. And, I, you know, I, I have to tell a story about this. I, I went and visited <laughs> with the Attorney General-elect, Tim Griffin. And I said, Tim, I really want to do something about <clears throat> the problem of of uh, people on the street and the panhandling and the loitering and and uh, especially along busy streets and heaven forbid interstate highways right uh and and regardless of whether you're you're intimidated or you don't think that people ought to be out panhandling and all that the fact is it's a hazard and so i uh tim said what's this and i've got some great young people on my staff some good lawyers and one young lady, I won't out her because I think they prefer anonymity, but she was excellent. Good. And she did this research and uh, and so I get this bill and it's it's like a third of a page. It's one it's half of a page. And uh and it, it, it struck one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve words. That's all it did. It didn't add anything, it just struck it. So I called her and I said, Is this it? And she said, Yes, sir. And I stopped, and I started thinking about it. And, l- and let me give you the background on it. It's uh, The the bill, the, the title is An Act to Amend the Offense of Loitering. And what we did is we struck, uh, it <coughs> defines loitering, it says lingers or remains on a sidewalk, roadway, or public right-of-way, in a pr- public parking lot, or public transportation vehicle or facility, or on private property, and the words we struck were these, for the purpose of asking for anything as charity or a gift. Now, what that means is, the Eighth Circuit, not the Supreme Court, although there may be some case law there. The Eighth Circuit has ruled that—that's uh, your right—that's uh, a First Amendment right. So, by taking that out, we're not talking about the First Amendment. We're not censoring speech about you know vote for for dave or right. or give me some money it's ask. It, it just takes that completely out it's the act and not your your mental state or your your willingness to to solicit this that or the other that's under attack it's standing like i the worst one i've seen is down here where you're you're westbound on 630 and you get off at mississippi where there's the three lanes right and this guy's Going between the cars and the three lanes while they're moving, yeah. you know, Walking. with his hand out. Yeah, it's not that he's asking for the money; it's that he's in a dangerous situation. And we did pass another bill that had to do with uh, pedestrians on uh, uh, controlled access highways and freeways, just the same thing. So uh, we we're we're approach, We're not censoring their speech so to speak we're simply getting making people stay out of a situation that endangers others or themselves and and Dave I'll tell you where I came up with this I was driving back from Memphis and I came into North Little Rock and one of those huge overhead signs over the freeway had graffiti on it which is disgusting to me but the fact that someone climbed up there if they had fallen on your windshield it would have killed them and you Right. And that's a public safety thing. So well,
1: defacing thing is in a, a, you know, First Amendment thing. I mean, that's that's a criminal offense. Exactly. And, so,
4: and so this bill, I, I just pulled up the context of it. So move there, up on there's, your
1: mic. Some, there's some context
4: here that that the bill, like like you're mentioning, mm-hmm. if you just read the bill by itself, it's kind of hard to know what it does exactly. until you pull up the code. So I pulled up the code section. I hope I have a, hope I have the most modern one. Mine mm-hmm. is uh, it's too. 2017 is the one that came up. But um, and so it's so now the new the new law will be um, a person commits the offense of loitering if he or she lingers or remains on a sidewalk roadway or public right of way in a public parking lot or public transportation vehicle or facility in a harassing or threatening manner in a way likely to cause alarm to the other person or under circumstances that create a traffic hazard or impediment. And so that, that's, the current, that's going to be the current law after your law takes effect. That's exactly right. But previously, it included for the purpose of um, asking, asking for anything, anything as, charity as charity or a gift. Or a and gift so you took that them. out, and so yes. now it's,
1: it's that caveat is not part of it. Exactly. It's yeah, just, because, you know, you don't want to attack the firemen who are out there with their boots that are collecting money. No, it's well, –
5: it's, 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 If they, they cross the lanes of traffic. Yes, yeah, right. They Under have circum- to play by the same rules right. we do. Okay. And again, Dave, I'm not. Again, I support you know the, the first responders and all that, but uh, you you can't rationalize traffic hazards. Any traffic hazard, just because the ultimate result is you know more money to help charitable. Well, deposits. I
2: don't. I don't
1: like it when they walk between the cars, and as they're walking between, they come up to your window. And <laughs>
0: and hold the boot. Well, yep.
5: yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, the attitude that they get a, a break because they're you know, the fireman, not on this. No, you've got to be safe. More okay. than that, set a good example for other people. Good.
3: I like it. Yeah. So that that's sense.
5: But it's interesting how you, it, in the context of what We should make our RD's firemen said,
3: get out big. What's that, <laughs> We should make the firemen get out big anyway. They ought to be taking well, care
5: of <laughs> Believe me, having been <laughs> in the fundraising business, there are much better ways to raise money. But but, uh, but, but the fact you is you don't create a hazard in doing so. And, right. and that's what uh, we're trying to do. And it's not just... Uh, uh, the people at street corner there's just a, we have to get control of this, this no, we got, hey
1: we got to stop the ones that are for instance go down to university here getting on 630 and take a look to your left a little bit and look at the people that are living over in the woods there oh yeah
5: and it's just all trashed out yeah.
1: so that's got to stop that's, but
5: that that's a very not, wise young man but, said to me recently uh, works for one of our public officials I think he's a lawyer but he's a young guy he said, "Well, Little Rock is kind of at a crossroads." I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "Well, we can decide: are, are we going to be Nashville or Austin, or are we going to be Jackson?" And that's that's where we are. Yeah, yeah you don't want to be Austin. I'm well, just telling well, you, you don't want to be well, Austin. But from a standpoint of quality of life and and those things, but
1: well, we, I'll repeat it again: you don't want to be Austin. It, Go straight downtown. You don't want to be Austin.
3: Well, but
5: he he, I take his point the way he meant Nashville, it. Nashville. But Dave, story. you're right. And Nashville. Charleston, we had a meeting in Charleston uh, last year. We have one this summer I'm looking forward to. Uh, we saw a guy, a single city employee, in one pickup truck on a Sunday, after, Sunday afternoon picking up trash in downtown yeah. Charleston. All
1: right. right. Got a break. Wow. Got a break. We're going to talk more when we come back. We got the main man here. We got State Senator Mark Johnson with us from All-Mail. He'll be with us already you sneaking out?
3: Well, I might stay for one more All right. Yet. There we go. Calm, okay. Man, I got something to say. We got. <laughs> Burn
1: okay, Ferndale. <laughs> All right. Back in a moment. Last hour of the show today. Got one of the best to join us during the last hour. State Senator Thanks, Mark you know. Johnson's here. Well, you know, I've, I don't think there's ever been a bill that I've, I've fought against that you've, you've got. Well, I hope I can keep that record. You know, this, this session, probably this session was the most contentious that I had to get with a couple of house people that uh, I didn't like. I didn't like, uh, but I'm, I don't say that they're, they're rhinos or anything like that because they're not, all right? I just think they're wrong on the uh, the whole FOIA thing. And I, I knew exactly what you were talking and I, and about. And I fought against it. Uh, just the way that I thought it needed to be fought it, uh, fought against. But mm-hmm. David Ray is a great conservative, and so is Mary Bentley.
5: Absolutely, and my dear friends, and and my their representatives in my Senate district. So. And
1: I and, and you know I heard that David Ray got a little upset. But you know what? When one of your bills get beat down like that you're probably going to get a little upset because right. it, it, it does hurt. You put a little time into That's it. That's
5: right. right. If you and don't want to
3: get upset, it. you better not run
1: for office.
5: Yeah, well, I, I agree. Can not. I quote you on that? Artie? <laughs> yeah. You why know why what not? I tell people, Artie, I say, and you have me run, you know. They say, well, I'm thinking about running for office. And, and they I ask you a question they're not expecting. I say, well, do you like barbecue and catfish? <laughs> I said, well, yeah. I said, okay, well, then you'll be all right. If they say no, don't run for don't office because you're going to be that's eating a lot of
1: barbecue eating. and catfish. You're going to be eating a lot of it, and that's for sure. Let me just ask you, the, the bill that you liked the most that was passed and the bill you liked the least that was passed.
5: Ooh, that's a tough one, Dave. Have, there's so many, and, and uh, uh, clearly the one I liked the most was the Learns Act. Yeah, it's good. Good and, and piece of legislation. It, it's is it perfect? Of course not. How can any legislation, especially that big, be perfect? And and it's interesting that the critics, you know, they comb through looking for something to complain about. And about the best they could do is, well, it gives new teachers a bigger raise yep. than existing teachers. Yep. And you know, the, the answer to that is, yes. It's the best we could do with the money available, and here's the simple thing: if we can't recruit good new teachers, then we can't ultimately keep good teachers. Uh, it, it was it was that was a bit of a compromise, and and um, the the flip side of this, in, in the whole session, when we say, mm-hmm. I should, if it's okay, Dave, I'm going to say what the issue that I didn't like, even though it wasn't a bill per se. Uh, I didn't like the fact that we weren't able to give uh, raises to the extent that we we should to state employees in general. Okay, uh, and and we're, there's, we there's we had certain goals set out, and we've we've done a good job of increasing their salaries over the last couple of sessions. And, and it was sort of a, it's kind of like we you know we cut low income taxes before we cut the other tax brackets mm-hmm. too. But you know, hidden in all this. Uh, rush toward the end. People not paying close attention. How many citizens know we, today... In less than an hour, I'm going up to the Capitol. The governor's going to sign a bill that's going to cut their income taxes again. Yeah. And not only that, it'll be effective the next calendar quarter, and you'll see more money in your paycheck because we're adjusting the uh, uh, tax tables because the tax cut is retroactive to January 1, 2023. We've gone from a top rate since I've been in the legislature a four, of 7% to a top rate of now 4.7%.
1: Yeah, I talked to uh... – uh, state le- uh, legislator uh, Carlton Wing and I said it wasn't a big enough cut for me but I understood that I think that you all had to deal with the Learns Act and how much money spent on education and now you got a prison that you can to Criminal build. justice reform. Yeah, $470 million yeah.
5: that's a lot of jack. It is Dave but you know let's think about things for a minute. Um, if you lock up more bad guys they're not out breaking into your house stealing your stuff uh, your insurance company having to pay money. you, and then raising your insurance rates. That's so right. so besides the, the human suffering standpoint of the criminal justice reform, there's a dollar and cents measurement, a dynamic that should be a positive for, for all people in the state. If if the bad guys are not out committing crimes, if they're not breaking the window of your, your car and stealing your stuff and fencing it, then uh, you're not going to have to – Forget the money lost, having to deal with the hassle of going to your insurance company, uh, getting R.A. to find you a new window glass and yeah. all those things. Well, don't
3: cut my business down. Well, no. well, then, oh, well okay, then we'll rip <laughs> just for you. <laughs> but, but really, you know, we all hear there's a lot of things that government, government does, but that is one thing that they were ordained to do by God is that to protect they citizens. Keep, they keep the sword. Uh, uh, that, that's exactly right.
5: It's our first purpose. That's our first job is to take care of the people, protect the people from protect the bad.
3: People and n- no one has been willing to step up to the plate and get that done for 20 years. Everybody has passed that buck for 20 years. That's and exactly I do right. appreciate the governor saying, you know, the population is growing and there's a percentage of people that need to be in jail and we have to make the beds to put them in to keep us safe, so uh, I appreciate the governor stepping up and doing what nobody else had the backbone You're right. to do. And, and
5: let me add one more thing to that, R.D. And I want people to understand the context of this, uh, Lieutenant. I'm mean, sorry, uh, we still have to transition our, our mm-hmm. Attorney General Lieutenant Governor swap jobs. But but Tim Griffin, uh, in the announcement of the criminal justice reform bill, he pointed out that misdemeanor justice in Arkansas had literally gone away. Mm -hmm. Uh, The county jails are filled with convicted felons that need to be in the Department of Correction, so there's no room for the, the petty criminals that make your life miserable. That's exactly and, right, and we need they need to we be locked that on up in a quorum and, court, and the quorum <laughs> courts are having to deal with the, the fi- financial exactly. aspects of that. Uh, now we did increase the reimbursement rate to him, but just because they're now getting paid what closer to what they should for hold, housing that state prisoner, that still doesn't ha- do anything about the the petty crook that's now walking the streets doing more crimes because he needs to be locked up in the county
3: And jail. they get worse and worse. If they get away with the little ones, they keep getting away with them, they'll get doing a worse one. You know, these criminals do not get better with time. If they get away with it long enough, they'll keep Very stepping well up higher Senator, to the plate. So if you catch them early on and, and get them pointed in and punish them and say, we're not Number going four. to allow this, there's less chances they'll end up in prison. Senator Johnson. Exactly. Um,
4: yeah, is calm. there any... Um, push or appetite for increasing court capacity so they can speed these trials up and get them to happen more quickly because it, we, one of the problems is you have got people waiting in jail awaiting trial and they may be innocent and then they need to be processed and get and gotten
5: through and sometimes they're having to wait a long time i think there is a stomach in the legislature to do something about that uh, but it's going to take a lot of other players including the prosecutors and the judges to do that now i don't necessarily think that we, we we've got we don't have enough judges but we may not have them uh distributed appropriately across mm-hmm. the state uh what do we have like 17 divisions in pulaski I county well, it's, I, I was, yeah.
4: it's a I lot was, there's I, there's enough was, of them but i was speaking with a, a, a state official i won't give his name right now but he was telling me about a case where a guy had been charged with murder and he th- he had been three years and he was just now getting all prost. It's like, okay, this guy has been in uh, – he's been charged with murder. It was like first-degree murder, I think. Mm-hmm. And it took him three years to figure out they didn't have a case? He was frustrated about this. I, I think yeah. he had every reason to be. And, um, but then what about that guy who was accused, perhaps mistakenly, and his life has been wrecked after having been prosecuted for three years? Because you get prosecuted for a crime that – Serious. He was guilty for
3: three years right. before he got – Right, And so, <laughs> the so was proven innocent, is,
5: Right. You and don't so really have a presumption of innocence <laughs> yeah. in, a, right. in
4: a case like because, that. Because what ends up happening is <laughs> that they, the judge assigns bail, which in a murder case is going to be pretty stinking high. Mm-hmm. And if you can't come up with a whole amount, you have to, you have to come up with 10% to pay the bail bondsman, and you don't get that money back. Yeah. And so it, and if you can't get out of jail, more than likely you'll be financially ruined. That's and you're liable to be financially ruined anyway just because it's so it's so difficult and, ex- and expensive to defend yourself when you're
1: when you're prosecuted. No, that's for right so your that's right. so the that senator answered on that. Go yeah. ahead. And Go ahead, Mark. I
5: was just telling Paul that I mean it, we have an imperfect system made up of imperfect individuals, but it's th- so far the best designed at the hand by the hand of man. It doesn't mean it's perfect, and again, you're you're often dependent upon the the uh, fairness, intelligence of prosecutors and judges, and and you know when sitting sitting a bail, what the bond's going to be, and all that is, you know, it's it's not a perfect system, and, and hopefully we're we're we are doing some things to uh, reform that. Now, in the Criminal Justice Reform Act, we're we have uh, a, some some bail reform and. We're making it stiffer on uh, repeat offenders, and that's the biggest thing. I'm going to tell a story. I'm not going to name names. R.D. probably knows this person very well. Uh, but it had to do with the st- stealing of the catalytic converters and uh, the bill we had to, to get that fixed. And, and finally, you know, Senator Payton did a great job on Excellent that. Excellent but, job. But, here, but here's what it is. Uh, there was a uh, In my district, there was a uh, – uh, uh, salvage company that, m- among other things, has catalytic converters in their yard. And, and this lady said, well, we, we have an old pickup truck. We put all the catalytic converters in that before we send through to the processing. Okay. And they had someone. It was inside a chain-link fence, inside another chain-link fence. And the crook got in and cut both locks, got this old pickup started, <coughs> and drove it away with, she said, $36,000 worth oh of catalytic converters. And they caught him and they they put him in the county jail, and he bonded out and he he said, "I spent one night in jail, and that was the easiest money I ever made in my life. <laughs> wow. Now, with this new reform bill, he won't be out in one night, and he won't be you know walking out and doing it again. He will be doing some serious, hard time because he's a repeat offender, and he's going to spend send do one hundred percent." Of his sentence, not twenty percent or eighteen percent or fifteen percent, which is what we see now. Right, and that that, well, that is a
3: big deal. That ought to save taxpayers. That ought to save taxpayers money. You had also. a couple of questions. Yeah, I just center. one thing. We talked to something about something off the air. and <laughs> this session, we saw more bills that were not engrossed to where the people at home trying to keep up with what was going on could not tell what a bill was doing. Is there anything we can do? Prepare for next session to make sure that we can read the bills and understand what they're passing. I,
5: as I, and we had the advantage, and to, to the listeners, I'll say, we talked about this a little bit off the air. Uh, when you amend a bill, uh, the amendment usually just shows the part you're changing. And then we have a process called engrossing, which means that we pass the amendment and then the staff plugs that changed language into the bill. So you can see what the bill, bill. reads exactly. the amendment. Okay. But as uh, we pointed out on my uh, loitering bill, sometimes even the finished bill is not in enough context for you to understand where it, what it's changing in the law. And so uh, I, I think we need to look at, even though it might take a few more pages of paper, to put it in full context, just for the very reason that you say is a matter of transparency. Now, and i'm going to say maybe it won't take as much paper because uh, most people now are not looking at a paper bill i remember when we had a bill room you went and asked for it right. and they gave it to you on paper well now you know, you're looking at it electronically and so hopefully the we'll kill less trees that way but the, but the fact is that uh that's a great point rd that people a part of transparency is not to confuse the public and you know just because you're not a and I'm definitely an insider. I'm a senator. And oftentimes I'll see a bill I don't know the context. I mentioned one of my colleagues that, that asked me about one. Like, I don't know what this does till you get the amendment engrossed into the full bill. And sometimes you still don't know because you have to see it in context of the whole code. So uh, I think it's a great idea. I think we ought to look at it. Uh, I know in the heat of the session when the staff at BLR is trying – like heck to get everything out in time. Right. It might be a little harder, but...
3: They but, were understaffed as far as... It, it, just looking at it from the outside in, uh, it was worse this session. And I'm not saying it was an excellent session, and, but uh, it was worse this session to try to figure out what a bill was doing and read it. And I sit on the other, other boards and they would contact me and say, hey, Arkansas, hey, R.D., you've got that bill in Arkansas. Can you tell us what that bill does? Because people from other states were wanting to know what it's like. I can't tell you. Yeah. Because I would have to print, I'd have to print both of them off the original bill and the amendment, and then try to put it together myself, and that right. would take hours for me to do. So right. I think that that BLR was understaffed this
2: year. Well, and, and that's my opinion. They
5: did have some turnover, and uh, uh, it's for everybody. BLR is Bureau of Legislative Research. That's our permanent staff of, of the General Assembly, and they're they're nonpartisan and they're they're professionals, and many these these. Bills are put together by lawyers that understand how that works. Right. And we have some wonderful, I mean, outstanding people at work there, and they believe me, they put in some hours. That, that I would you know. I would
3: hate amazing. to think it was done on purpose. Oh, I, I don't think, and, it, and, and do I don't it like even it believe it was done on purpose. But uh, I would just, hey, the way you support somebody is by funding. And I'm saying that some funding in that direction would help transparency and I'm always I'm not for growing government, but I am for transparency.
1: All right. Gotta get a break so, in. Let's take a break. We'll be back. We've got State Senator Mark Johnson. He's with us till ten forty five here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Eric Coleman's waiting for you to stop by at three thousand Kavanaugh Suite E. He's open starting this morning. Well, he just opened up his doors at ten o'clock. He's open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. He's got the highest quality jewelry you can look at. He's got great display cases full of stuff that you can look at and I'm sure can find something that would be great as a gift or uh, a a trinket that you could give to somebody. He does unique creations. I've shown uh, pictures of the stuff that he created for me for Christmas time. He'll take your estate jewelry, tell you how much it's worth. Repairs and Cleaning does that, too. That's Eric Coleman. Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. It's great to have uh, Senator Mark Johnson with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So we, we've been talking about the session. I thought that today would be a good day since uh, Friday was the last day of the session. It's still going on until May 1st, correct?
5: On paper. They call this the extended recess. Okay. And and during this time, many of the loose ends that are things that might have fallen through the cracks, it gives us an opportunity to uh, correct those if and I don't think she will. But if the governor vetoed any bills, we would come back and have a, a opportunity vote. to override them. Uh, and that's uh, it's just a, a timetable. We, uh, as I said, we don't anticipate any, but uh, uh, we're we'll be back on the first to sign. a die. Okay. Now I I want
1: to say something on the air. SB two seventy. All right. SB two seventy. Okay. That's like the, the pronoun bill, right? Yeah, that's uh, the pronoun uh, bill. Okay. Let me pull it up just Anna, so go I, ahead.
5: I've got it here. I can look at it. And, I mean, uh, I, I'm a co-sponsor. Is,
1: is that – maybe I'm uh, wrong no, here. No, I'm, no. I'm looking SBC, at the bathroom bill. Yeah, but
4: SBC 270 was a 270 bathroom
1: 270? Yeah, that's the, ba-
4: that's the bathroom the bill, pro- right? The pronoun bill was – yeah, yeah. The 270 was a bathroom bill. Okay, well, that, that's what was I want. Okay. But yeah. the pronoun bill was, um, was Wayne
1: Long's bill. I don't remember what number Okay, well, let me go back to 270 and uh i'm i'm not i'm not happy that they they amend, amended it in the house uh to you know you you got to try to try to figure out is the guy walking in the bathroom cuz he he gets his jollies off or you know whatever uh, but with that said i'll take them passing that bill and the governor signing that bill over no bill okay and that's what it's going to come down to can it be tightened? Yeah. Two years from now, I, I hope they go in and really tighten it up good. But right now, I'm all about this whole thing of, of getting it you know, passed, and, which it has, and getting mm-hmm. it signed by the governor, which it hasn't yet. So uh, if the governor is listening, uh, my well, thoughts I'll, probably don't, I'll see
5: her in about 30 minutes, I'll say. Dave, Dave, Dave said, said, said sign side 270. The, you know. Well, it. it Give the governor and her staff a credit. If there's some problem with the bill, they'll let us know. She's and, great. And she would have let us know if she's not going to sign. Now, she could do the same thing, which her dad did it on multiple occasions, and all governors do. They Don't sign let
1: it go into law. Let it
5: go into law without their signature, which is a way of saying, well, I didn't sign that bill, but it gives them. Basically, they get to split the baby with yeah. people on both sides. Of. A little
1: CYA yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah that's what we would um, say in military but the, the,
5: and and uh, paul was talking about the bill was 1468 house bill 1468 by representative wayne long and it was i it's called the given name act i, I called the pronoun bill and and i got involved with wayne and, and he did the heavy lifting in the house and, and got it passed we had he has about a dozen co-sponsors uh but uh, uh i had a personal interest in this bill uh people are familiar with the the case in Ohio of the college professor who was fired yeah, for 30 seconds using the wrong pronoun right uh Dr. Nicholas Merriweather. but he's from Conway his dad was my advisor in college I've known him since I was in grade school and a great guy and he was trying to be polite to the student and they were calling him out it was a, a it got ugly it got ugly I absolutely agree. yeah
1: all right well let's do news we'll come back i'll let uh the senator talk a little bit more about that. Maybe we can get that person on the air. I promised him I'd have him out at 1045. He's got to get to the Capitol. The uh, governor signed in some legislation. You tax want to be cut. There. She, are you going to get part, one Depends.
5: I don't know. I'm, not a, I'm a co-sponsor, but there's a lot of co-sponsors. I don't know if there's okay. enough, enough All right. pins. But, uh,
1: All right, so talk about that a little bit. I, I asked Wing to talk about that, Carlton Wing from yep. over in North Little Rock. And he agreed with what my... What I said is that because of the amount of money being spent on education, being spent on criminal justice, we're going to go from four nine to four seven. Where I think we could have probably went from four nine to maybe four two or four.
5: I don't know that I can agree or disagree with any of those numbers, Dave. But in, in principle, you're exactly right, and and Carlton was exactly right. That's what we're having to do. Uh, our goal is to eliminate the personal income tax.
4: Yeah, I'm all about and it. And we
5: are in a competitive – forget how you feel about things and funding things. We we have to recognize we're sandwiched between Texas and Tennessee, and we have other states in our region that are – Oklahoma's also doing going it. down quickly. So is Mississippi. Right. The Governor of Mississippi said he's going to eliminate their personal income tax. So we have to compete in our region. And it, we're learning – that that is a super competitive factor uh to both retain people and to get new people coming in so uh it's it's just a better way to do business and look at florida and uh how much growth they've had and a lot of it is people moving in there because there's no income tax all
1: right with that yeah look when the governor got but doing radio he went and lived in florida for a while so we'll, but so tell what? everybody
5: tell everybody <laughs> this uh, i don't blame that your tax cut is retroactive to january 1 2023 that's so, good so at the starting of the next quarter when the bill takes effect they will actually adjust the tables your withholding will change you might want to tweak it a little bit if you've had to pay a little bit at the end of the year but mm-hmm. uh, uh it is uh, you are getting that tax cut for 2023 not in 2024,
1: that's a good deal. That's a good so, deal.
5: Is, are they
4: going to replace that money with, uh, with um, sales taxes,
5: or where, where is that? Now you you don't get to say replace because that that presumes that government gets to own the money. In the, but based on <laughs> but our, when, pro- it's based on our projected revenues, Paul. If uh, you, you want to use the word "replacers," I guess that's okay. But the fact is that we know where our revenue is coming from. To, to extend, I, the people that do forecasts have done a, done a very good job. And uh, uh, yes, we're uh, we, we'll see higher sales tax collections, uh, primarily.
1: All right, final question for me: bill that took the most to get it through, that you're kind of stunned that it was fought over. I should, have, I should have told you these, some of these Yeah, questions. you should have given me a heads up. Just on this. hold on that. I'm going to have <laughs> right. you back on. I'll okay. ask you to tell me, to, to right. do with that. And I
5: can spend the time between now and then thinking about that. And,
1: and then I think on the Learns Act, I think it was a great move by the governor and by the legislature to phase it in over three years.
5: Well, people <laughs> are trying to say, I had all these liberal constituents email me. Well, what's this going to cost? Well, here's the variable, and this is a big variable. If you give parents choice, you don't know what their choices are going to be. Every parent in the state with a kid in public school could say today, my kid is staying. Mm -hmm. And the revenue picture would be pretty close to what we have now with the factors of inflation and the other things that go into the matrix. Uh, If – if every parent in the state that had that option decided to go to, I'm done with public school. Exactly, exci- and, yeah. and we know, and that's that not going to happen. It's going to be gradual. It's going to be a change. Oliv-
1: Olivia we, even says,
4: it but we have
5: happen. to, we have to react to that.
4: Yeah, but but the reality is, if every parent made the choice <laughs> to pull their kids out of public school and either use private school or homeschool, it would save the state
5: gazillions of dollars. Ten percent. Well, but we're we're paying them now too to pay for that. Yeah. yeah. So it's not as many gazillions as you might think, but right. but it would but it would save a lot of, and we, ha- we local have we have to see. Wh- I think this is going to be, regardless of the, the the detail numbers, the but the big numbers and, and overall. Here's what it's going to be: the good public schools will continue to be supported with their yep, and the p- ones that aren't that good, parents will vote with their feet, change or die. And it's I always <laughs> say that you know we have wonderful cars. You started the hour talking about car, people. <laughs> It, when you have government monopolies, you get trabants and yugos, and when you get free enterprise and 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 freedom of choice, then you get a better product, and that's exactly what I think we're going to have. Time, mm-hmm. okay. okay, I'm giving, I'm letting uh-huh. you out four minutes early. Well, that way I can, I won't have to do any kind of speeding or anything. Uh, I can I, gently uh, yeah. go down six thirty. Right. you don't have to speed. Thanks to for, use, for coming, David. Look forward to coming back, I, and I will think about that question. It's. Uh, in the heat of the session you don't always have the perspective of looking back. But I'll look back and, and uh we'll we'll do that. And and thank first thank you and Paul always for all you been. do for the for the state and keeping there's, there's so few outlets anymore that keep the, the uh people informed about about what's going on in government and you just do a wonderful job of that.
1: Now I want you to listen Wednesday, all right, nine o'clock. I got uh I got Benny Johnson on mm-hmm. from stop the violence. Yes. I got doctor uh Smith on one of the best black pastors in Little Rock. Robert Smith, yeah, that's right, a friend of mine. Yeah, and then I've got the police chief all coming on to talk about violence in Little Rock and how to combat it. Great. So thank you for what you're doing. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Doug. We'll let you go. All right. We'll see you later. Let's take a quick break. Uh, I'm going to finish up the show by bringing in a an old friend of mine. Uh, she just here visiting from Florida, and Val Emmons is going to come on in and sit in the in the, in the studio. Uh, here with me the last few moments of the show today. Don't forget about East End Towing. I've been using East I've used East End Towing twice in the last 5 weeks. God, I can't believe it, but anyway, they've done a great job. Fantastic people. Did exactly what they tell you that they're going to do no matter the situation. East End Towing can handle it for you. They've got the answers. You just call them 501-888-8849.